Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So we're going to jump into week three of our series on community and loving our community, loving Bethel's community, loving our surrounding community. And this week, I want to talk to you about going the extra mile, going the second mile. And we read in Matthew 5, 40, it says this, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, Go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I think this is such a powerful verse that if someone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. See here what it's referencing is we hear Jesus say this. For us it's just like, okay, if I'm forced to walk a mile... I should go too. And so some of us in the room, if you're like me, it's like, if my wife wants to go for a walk, I should go for a long walk. But that's not what he's referencing. Jesus is telling this as an understanding because in Jesus' day, there was an understanding of what the Romans could ask. And so the Romans actually brought in what an ancient Persian custom was. And so the Persians introduced the use of regular couriers to carry letters or news. So they introduced mailmen, mail service. This is what they they introduced way back. So the king's courier, he had absolute command of all help that was necessary to perform his task. So the, the mailman, the deliverer of the letters from king to king, he had full command over anything that he needed to get this job done. So he could press horses into service. So he could be walking along, see you with a horse and say, I need your horse. And it would compel the owners to accompany him if he desired. So here's the understanding. To refuse him, to say no, you were actually saying no to the king and it was an unpardonable offense. This is with the Persians. And so there's also a practice when the Romans came in, a Roman-occupied territory, that any Roman soldier could require any citizen to carry his equipment, his coat, or anything for one mile. So if a Roman soldier came up to you, and you were just walking along the road, and you were walking the other direction, and he was just tired, or he just wanted to, he could just stop you and say, carry this. We're going this way. And you had to carry it. And so obviously, any one of us in this room, if we related it to um, one of our government officials, we related to a police officer, could just stop you and be like, hey, I need you to help me carry this stuff one mile down the road. And you're like, I'm late for work, and it's a mile that way. And they're like, I don't care. We're going this way. And you had to listen You had to follow it. This is what Jesus is talking about. And then he actually says this. You were required to go a mile. 
Go two. Go two miles. I want to ask you this morning, what is waiting for you at the end of the second mile? What's waiting for you at the end of the second mile? See, when somebody is forcing you to do something, and it's a, say it's a mile requirement, or somebody is telling you, hey, we really need your help, it's going to take an hour, and you're like, you know what, I'll give you two hours. I want you to understand, if even in your heart right now, if you think, hey, somebody's telling me I have to do something for an hour, and I say, you know what, I'll do it for two, there's a shifting in your heart immediately. Do you want to know what that shifting is? You're serving and being, instead of being told to do something. And this is what Jesus is saying. Serve one another. Go the extra mile. We are called to serve others. I believe as we go the extra mile, it's like taking a step of faith. And for some of us, I believe it was actually a breakthrough that could be at the end of the second mile as we serve others. So I want to talk to you about eight things that we can learn from serving. The first one is this. Serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. Serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. If you read in 1 Corinthians, it compares the church, it compares the church body to a human body. And just like our bodies, we are made up of many parts, specific functions in those parts. And the church is made up of different people, different skills and abilities. See, alone, each one of these abilities really are somewhat useless. But together, we can create something beautiful. But we need everybody working together. Everybody serving together. How many of us in this room, maybe even right at this moment, you have part of your physical body that just doesn't work properly? And it's causing pain in your body. It's causing you not to be able to function fully and completely. If that's you in the room and you're like, yeah, you know what? My leg hurts, my knee hurts, my back hurts, I have a growth, or whatever's going on in our bodies that's just not functioning correctly. And we understand how it hinders our physical body. I want to challenge you for a moment. If you attend Bethel Church and you're not serving in some capacity, you're doing the same to the spiritual body. I know that's hard and it's a challenging word. But if we understand the concept of what Jesus is saying, what the scriptures are telling us, that every one of us is here not to just observe. We're here actually to participate together. We're here as a body of Christ working together. Romans 12 tells us this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. That if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11 says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one where there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, 
to a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each just as he determines. So any of these gifts, all of us, every one of us, have some of these gifts, and we need you. We need you. So where are you serving? If you're not, where are you going to start serving? Where are you going to start plugging in and serving? I realize as we speak a message like this, it's always very quiet in the room. What I'm sharing with you is not a pastor at the front saying, hey, we need volunteers. I'm sharing with you what the Word of God tells us that we are actually supposed to be serving. We're actually supposed to be involved. And if you're sitting here going, well, you know what, I've done it for years, it's somebody else's turn, I don't see that scripturally. If you can find it in the scriptures and show me, great. Moses stopped leading when he went up the mountain to die. So I always think this, as long as I am breathing, God is calling me to do something. So if you're in this room, and you're breathing, or if you're watching online and you're breathing, you should be serving somewhere. The second thing we learn, serving allows us to experience miracles. In John 2, Jesus is at a wedding, and the couple runs low on wine. And so he goes and he tells the servants to fill up the jugs with water. And then as they serve it to the people, it becomes wine. All of the guests have no idea a miracle happened. You know who experienced the miracle? The one serving. They experienced the miracle. What will God do through you? What life changes will you see in other people because of what you're doing? For years, I worked at a Christian camp, and what I got to see there was amazing. I would volunteer at district events and church events and just being allowed to be in the room for certain things to see what God was doing, it continually stirred my heart. It stirred my faith to another level because I began to realize what God could do. And just being in the presence of other leaders of the Christians, they would always encourage and say, God can do this for you. So anything that you see on a Sunday morning, anything that you hear that God is doing, He can do through you. For the teenagers in the room or watching online, if you want a life-changing summer, I encourage you to apply for a job at a church or apply for a job at a Christian camp and just go, attend every service, plug right in and watch what God does and watch how He changes your life. Point number three is serving allows us to experience the joy and the peace that comes from obedience. See, 1 Peter 4, verse 10 to 11 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace 
in his various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Serving is actually a form of worship, a way to express gratitude for what Jesus has done in us and to share the love and grace we've been given. We serve out of obedience. I don't know about you, but when I ask my kids to do something, I kind of, I kind of expect them to do it. And I don't, if you're like me and you ask them, hey, can you do me a favor? I need you to clean your room. And then I go and do something and I come back and the room's not clean. I'm asking them, why is your room not clean? God has told us in his word that we're supposed to use our giftings. And as we use our giftings, our giftings will actually grow. I encourage you not to wait. Point number four is serving helps us to be more like Jesus. We shift our focus off of ourselves and onto others through serving. And when we do this, we begin to actually see others as Jesus sees them. When you begin to serve others, you begin to hear their stories and understand what they're going through, your heart begins to shift and you begin to understand how Jesus loves them and how we are supposed to love them. And then you will also begin to see Jesus in them. Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, verse 40, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus came to serve, and he asks us to do the same. We are to do the same. Serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. When we're working side by side with each other, there's a building of a relationship. There's a bond. There's a team that comes together. And this is what was part of God's plan when he decided to form the church and how the church is supposed to work. That's why in Hebrews 10, 24, he instructs us to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. And we encourage one another by serving together, by doing life together. If you want to feel connected, if you want to be part of a family, then you serve together. We do life, we grow together. I've watched Miles and his baseball team this year as they started playing together. Many of them didn't know each other. But as we're coming near the end of the season, they're all friends. They're all joking together. They're all hanging out together. Why? Because they're a team. And when you join a team and you serve together, there's an automatic connection. There's an automatic relationship. There's an automatic trust in one another. And you begin to pray for each other. You begin to lift each other up. And you begin to do life together. Six, serving increases our faith. As we move out of our comfort zones, and if we're all honest, we all have our comfort zones, and we really enjoy those comfort zones. But as we move out of our comfort zones, God increases our faith by revealing new potential. Have you ever tried something and realized all of a sudden, like, man, I can actually do that? And then there's another level of expectation for yourself. I've watched these young boys as they play baseball. And when we first started the season, some of them were struggling. And as you see them improve, you actually see them 
raise their own level of expectation on themselves. What used to not frustrate them now frustrates them because they realize what they are capable of. And it's been so enjoyable and so fun watching them grow. And it's fun watching Christians grow in their faith. As you walk through seasons in your life and you begin to look back on what used to really hold you down and now you walk through and you're like, that is just another day. As you begin to pray and as you begin to teach, as you begin to step out and serve, your level of expectation on yourself will just begin to raise because you begin to see God's faithfulness. And as He's faithful in moments, you'll begin to understand He'll be faithful in other moments. And we see what He can do when His power is at work within us. We begin to look for the doors He's opening rather than pushing our way through the ones He's already closed. Ephesians 3.20 tells us this, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, when we step out to serve others, we need to depend on God more. So when we begin to understand what He can do in us and through us, then as we step out to serve others, we will depend on God even more and more. And that's where He wants us. Not trying to do life by ourselves. If you wake up and you can get through your day without saying, Lord, help me. I want to push you to go farther. Your day should have moments in it, multiple moments where you, you say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Because you're stepping out to where he is. If you can walk through your day without asking him for help, push farther. Go deeper. Stretch yourselves. Seven, serving allows us to experience God's presence in a new way. Encouragement and healing go hand in hand. As we encourage others and they find healing in their lives, we're actually encouraged ourselves. It's the reason that so many people, when we go on missions trips, we come back actually feeling like we got more out of it. Because when we begin to see God working in other people's lives, we begin to understand what he can do even in our own lives. When you are a part of somebody's life transformation, it actually brings energy and joy to your life. Young and old, it doesn't matter. If you are young in the room, then pour into your coworkers and friends. If you're older in the room and you're married, find a young couple and have them over for dinner or for coffee and to pour into their lives and mentor them. If you're older and single in the room or online, then find a single person and pour into their lives and encourage them and help them. Every one of us is called. And eight, serving is actually good for your soul. Serving is good for your soul. Studies have actually shown that volunteering is so good for the mind and the body that it can ease symptoms of stress and depression. Tapping into your gifts and passion will actually build self-confidence. It will build energy. It will strengthen your lives. Serving others can also be the best distraction from our own worries. Do you know that when I'm concerned and I'm worried about something in my life, the moment I begin to serve other people, 
my distractions, my struggles begin to seem smaller because I'm helping serve others. If I only concentrate on my own life, everything seems big and overwhelming. But when I serve others, God just appears bigger and bigger. And my struggles, my problems seem smaller and smaller. So in this room or online, it doesn't matter what gift you have. You're actually called to use it. If you think, well, Chad, I can't lead worship. I can't do those things. I can't be up front. I just need you to know, if you think of the physical body as the church body, your physical body can actually lose an arm, something that you see and you can still function. Most of the things that we need, not most, all of the things that we need to survive as a human being are the parts on the inside that are unseen. So many times when we serve God, we concentrate on the things that are seen and we don't understand about all the things that are unseen. There is a place for you. So you have a gift and you actually need to use it. And so as we prepare for fall kickoff this year, as we prepare to kick off this year, where are you serving? Where are you serving? I have a very kind of bold statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you're not a part of serving, is Bethel actually your home? If you're not serving in some capacity, is Bethel actually your home? And here's why I feel I can ask that question, because at my home, at our house, Everyone does their part. Everyone does their part. Our kids will ask for an allowance because they clean their room, and my response every time is, it's your room, I'm not paying you to clean it. If Bethel is your home, are you doing your part? God has given every one of us a gift. It's meant to serve the body. It's meant to strengthen the body. We are called to serve those around us, our neighbors, our co-workers, the people that we meet each day. And when we are asked, we are told to go the second mile, go the extra distance. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, how you challenge us. Lord, I I pray that you will show me the gifts in my life that I'm not using for you. The gifts that I need to fan into flame. The gifts that I need to step out. And Lord, for every one of us in this room or watching online, I pray that you challenge us that we are supposed to use the giftings that you've placed in our hearts and in our lives for your glory. And that, Father, when we are faithful with little, if we think we just don't have enough, if we are faithful with little, you will give us more. And so, Father, I just fan into flames the gifts that are in this room and that are online. That, Holy Spirit, you've called for a time like this. That, Lord, we will see life transformations. We will see people come to salvation. We will see families saved and changed in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, use us. Stir in us. 
where you need us and you want us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I pray you have a great week. Go online. Find a sign-up. Join a team and be a part of the family of God. And go serve your neighbors and your coworkers. Be a light for Jesus. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 